All right, welcome everybody. The regular season is in the books, and this is Super Wild Card Weekend, and we are Wagers, Ragers, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Home of the Jersey Tomato. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and always with me, my compadre, John the Hedgehog Donneth. If you haven't joined our podcast before or listened to it, Basically, we're two friends from the great state of New Jersey who love talking NFL football and betting on the games, as well as our passion for electronic dance music. So without further ado, let's jump right into Super Wild Card Weekend. But John, tell me, how you doing today? Feeling wild, man. Feeling wild. It's Wild Card Weekend. Uh, it just feels like the season is already over. Regular season is over. It's wild card weekend. There's a gazillion games. There's two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, a Monday night playoff game. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about that, but I mean, I guess whenever the NFL does something like this and changes up the schedule, I sort of default to more football. I'll take it. You know, we'll see what happens, but feeling wild, ready to go wild. Born to be Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's crazy, too, is that the NFL, you know, they come up with new ways to try and get ratings. And the Cowboys 49ers game is not only being broadcast on CBS, but it's also going to be on Nickelodeon and it's going to be streaming on Amazon to try and get as many viewers as possible. So, I mean, this is an insane weekend. Six games, seven playoff teams from each conference. I mean, I mean, it's just football galore. It's like a potpourri of football. Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Day. So, yeah, I mean, ready to rock and roll with the first game today, starting at 4.30 with the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. John, why don't you take us away on this first game and tell us what you think? Yep, we got the 10-7 and Raiders who just got into the playoffs in one of the most insane ways possible in that crazy game against uh, the Chargers last week. They uh, secured the last playoff spot by beating the Chargers when it looked like we were headed for a, a tie-in. Complete chaos, um, which would have been perfect for a pre-wildcard weekend. But we got the 10-7 and Raiders coming into Cincinnati to play the 10-7 and Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals division winners um, right now on FanDuel. The Bengals are given four and a half over on DraftKings. They're giving five and a half to the Raiders. I think the line opened at something like six and a half and it's kind of come down and fluctuated between that four and a half and five and a half number right now. Thing is, Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1991, I believe, something like 31 years. Uh, I saw a great tweet. I, I wish I had written it down and attributed it to the person who, who put it out there, uh, but it wasn't from me. But the thing was, uh, the tweet read something to the effect of, no one has ever tweeted about the Bengals winning a playoff game because the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, I think it was 91 or 92. And the first text message was sent in 1993. So no one has ever texted about a Bengals playoff win. Could it happen today? Uh, injuries, something I, you have to take a look at every week here. Not a huge factor here. Um, the last time these two teams played, the Bengals crushed the Raiders 32 to 13, but that was back in November before, um, uh, before Thanksgiving. Uh, and if you really remember that game, it was actually pretty close. I think heading into the, the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, I think it was something like maybe 13 to six or something like that. Um, Joe Mixon had a really big game. Burrow really didn't have a, a huge game um, back then coming in. The Raiders have won four in a row. They had to win four in a row to make it into the playoffs, including that crazy Charger game I mentioned just a moment ago. Uh, the Bengals coming off a loss, but Burrow didn't play in that last game. Uh, and they had won three in a row before that, flying high. Big win at home against the, the Chiefs. Uh, I went the other way on that. I was very impressed with the, how the, the Bengals acquitted themselves. Um, according to Covers.com, those Bengals are 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. The Raiders... 0-5 against the spread in, their last, in the last five between these two teams. And I found this one of the toughest games to come down on. 
Um, initially, I was definitely going to give the give the points and take the Bengals here at home. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, if, is he going to be a, a, a big game type quarterback? You know, a lot of people seem to be thinking that way. But I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take the underdog and the points. And because of that, I'm going to say go to DraftKings, get the higher spread, five and a half. I would love to have locked in that six and a half, but I missed it. And here's my theory here. I just feel like the Raiders are playing with house money, no pun. Well, pun sort of intended. They've been a real scrappy team, um, uh, winning all the games they had to to get into the playoffs. They do have a pass rush. Uh, Max Crosby had a ridiculous game last week. And I think a big pass rush is one of the most important things uh, when you get to the playoffs here. Uh, and because of that, I think it's going to be closer than this. The Bengals still may pull out the win here. They could still win by three or four points. You know, the Bengals win 27-23, 28-24, something like that. But the Raiders getting that five and a half. I like the dog here. Give me the points and the scrappy Raiders to keep it close enough to cover. A couple of props I've got for you. Tyler Boyd, uh, he was the favorite prop on, on covers.com, also mentioned by Brandon Funston on the um, fantasy fast track with Brad Evans. And I love it. You know, everybody's eyes are really on Jamar chase who had uh, a couple of sick games to end the year before the, before last week and uh, T Higgins who, who both been fantastic throws thrown for a ton of yards the last few weeks, Tyler Boyd getting a little overlooked here, but he's still putting up good numbers. He is averaging 51.75 receiving yards a game for the year. Last time out against the Raiders, Boyd had 49 receiving yards. Uh, his prop on DraftKings, and, or DraftKings and FanDuel is 40 and a half receiving yards. That's minus 120 on DraftKings, minus 110 on FanDuel. So give me Tyler Boyd, Boyd the over on 40 and a half yards on FanDuel. I also like, check this one out. You know, one of my favorite props, quarterback rushing, Joe Burrow. It's nine and a half yards on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, you can get eight and a half yards at minus 114. Burrow's actually averaging over 15 yards rushing a game in his last three, had 11 yards last time out against the Raiders. Remember I said just a moment ago, one of the reasons why I think the Raiders can keep this game close is because of Max Crosby and because of the pass rush. And if you got the pass rush getting after Joe Burrow, he could theoretically, I could see him definitely getting flushed out of the pocket and hitting this rushing prop. So that's how I see it. I found it a really tough game to call. I'm actually looking forward to this one in Cincinnati. So I think that I lean towards the Bengals winning straight up, but I'll take the Raiders and the five and a half points on the road. And then I'll take Tyler Boyd over on 40 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel and Joe Burrow over eight and a half, eight and a half rushing yards also on FanDuel. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're going to take the Raiders, jump over to DraftKings. It's got, that line just went up to uh, Bengals laying six points, but I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. I'm taking the Bengals in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, <clears throat> Joe Burrow led the NFL in completion percentage, 70.4, and also yards per attempt, 8.9 per attempt. So I like the Bengals to have a big game this week against the Raiders. I think the Raiders are you know, kind of like this year's Cinderella coupled with the Steelers and basically barely got into the playoffs. Cincinnati is four and one against the spread in their last five games. They're six and zero against the spread, their last six games at home against the Raiders. And they're six and two against the spread, their last eight games. So I'm rolling with the trend and uh, I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. The one thing that, that might bother me a little bit is that uh, Derek Carr is 19 and 13 against the spread when he's an underdog, but given the, the, the trends for the Bengals, I like the Bengals in this game. And I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown, uh, stats, their offenses are almost identical. The one stat that they're not close on is points per game. Offensively, Cincinnati is averaging 27.1 points per game. The Raiders are averaging 22 points a game. Now it's a spread of a little over five points. And I know the lines at six. But I see Cincinnati at home uh, winning by at least a touchdown uh, in this game. Weather could be a factor. Should be about 33 degrees at kickoff. Winds about 10 miles an hour. They say the gusts might be up to 22 miles an hour. But I still think Cincinnati is going to, uh, to beat the Raiders. And I think they're going to beat them pretty handily. I think the, 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 the clock has run out on the Raiders in this game. And... Uh, Cincinnati is going to not, I wouldn't say dominate, but 
I can see them winning by about 10 points in this game. Uh, props. The props that I do like, Joe Mixon. I think he's going to have a really big game today. So I like his rushing prop. It's only 75 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings. So I'll take the over at minus 115. And then the safety blanket for Derek Carr all season long has been Hunter Renfro. He actually led the Raiders in receiving yards and receptions. So I'm going to take Hunter Renfro over 55 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings, and over receptions, over five and a half receptions, minus 115 on DraftKings. Those are my props for this game. And uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going to lay the points. Any last thoughts, John, before we move into Bills-Patriots, which I think is going to be just a marquee matchup this evening? Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say on the, um, uh, the Bengals-Raiders game is, again, I, I think it's going to be a close game here. Uh, and, again, maybe I'm going to get burned here. I've gone against the Bengals uh, as on my weekly picks, I think, twice this year uh, and came out on the, on, the, on the wrong side of that both times. I'm going back to the well again. Give me the Raiders. Love the fact that it kicked back up to six points. Give me the six and the Raiders. All right, good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to bet the Bengals only because they haven't won a playoff game in over 30 years. But – this is a different team, different coach, different quarterback, you know, than the other Bengals teams in the past. And I just think given the fact that they dominated, well, they didn't really dominate, but they beat the Raiders pretty handily in that first game, even though it was close through three quarters. Give me the Bengals at home laying a six. All right. Game of the evening, Patriots against the Bills in Orchard Park in Buffalo, New York. It is going to be freezing cold tonight at kickoff. Uh, right now, I looked at the weather earlier. It looks like it's going to be about seven degrees at kickoff. Probably the wind chills will be in the negatives for sure. Uh, right now, the line, last time I looked at it, was four and a half. It's still four and a half. And the over-under total is 44. Um, Bills, they're the best defense in the league, giving up only 17 points and only 272.8 total yards Per game, You know, when I look at this game, I think it's going to be a real matchup of two tremendous defenses. It's basically one versus two in passing defense, one versus four in rushing defense. I'm sorry, in yards. Uh, rushing, they're pretty close, middle of the pack. Um, but points, again, it's one versus two. And when I say one, I mean Buffalo versus the Patriots. Uh, the... The Bills have won four straight, and they have not allowed the opponent to score more than 21 points in that four-game winning streak. The Patriots, on the, other hand, on, the, on the other hand, they have struggled over their last four games, losing three out of four with their only win coming against Jacksonville. And uh, during that streak, New England's turned the ball over seven times and generating only one turnover on defense. But what do the Patriots have going for them? Damian Harris has over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown in each of his last three games against Buffalo. And J.C. Jackson is a shutdown corner for uh, Buffalo, second in the league in interceptions with eight, only uh, trailing Tavon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys. But here's the big but. Stephon Diggs has 15 catches and 233 total yards against J.C. Jackson, along with three touchdowns. Um, when he's covering him. So how do I see this game? Well, the one thing that I looked at was how do rookie quarterbacks do in the postseason? And they are 0-6 outright in the postseason since 2010 and 2-4 and against the spread. The last three rookie quarterbacks in the postseason, 0-3 against the spread as well as outright. Um, but... What's the factor on the other side of the field, even though they have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, it's Bill Belichick. You can't bet against Bill Belichick in the playoffs. The line's four and a half. I still think the Bills are going to win this game, but I like the Patriots to cover and probably lose by three. It's going to be a field goal game. So I'm going to take the Patriots and the points in this game. I'm going to take the four and a half points. I think Buffalo's still going to win, but I'm going to take those points and uh, consider it a close game. I got two props. Given the fact that Buffalo it has the best defense in the league, and we're talking about a rookie quarterback, I'm going to take the under of passing yards of Mac Jones, under two, 
203 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm taking the under uh, of Mac Jones passing yards. And on the other side of the ball, I'm going to go Josh Allen over 47 and a half rushing yards. Um, again, minus 115 on DraftKings. So those are my two props. That's how I look at this game. I like the Patriots to cover, but the Bills to win. John, what do you think? Uh, I'm going the other way here, man. Uh, I hear you. You know, this is the third time th these two teams will have met this year. And, and the first go around, that was that crazy, wintry, horrible game where the, the Patriots ran like 400 times uh, and came away with the win uh, 14 to 10. I sort of throw that one out. The weather was so crazy and it was such an or or unorthodox game plan. I sort of throw that one out. A few weeks later, the Bills came back um, and really did, you know, it wasn't really close 33 to 21. And it wasn't quite that close against the Patriots. Um, I see the Bills covering this point spread. I actually see them covering it easily. And it's, it's not that I take Bill Belichick lightly in the playoffs. Also the third time a uh, Bill Belichick has gotten to see uh, this team this year. Uh, it's not that I take that lightly. lightly. It's just that I just don't think the Patriots have the horses. Patriots uh, have acquitted themselves admirably this year. Mac Jones has played a lot better than I thought he would, but they're coming in a little banged up. They've lost three of four so far. And I just think the Bills have the horses to outrun this point spread. Um, uh, overall, I just think, you know, you saw Stefan Diggs have some big plays in the last few weeks. Uh, Josh Allen has made big plays in the playoffs before. I think the big play ability of the Bills is what's going to distance themselves from the Patriots this week. Because as you said, you alluded to the fact that, you know, these are the num number one and number two passing defenses in the league. Uh, Bills have just been fantastic. So if they make a couple of those big plays and the Patriots have to come back, I don't trust Mac Jones to be able to do that against the number one passing defense in the league. That's why I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills cover. Uh, I also love the Josh Allen um, rushing yard prop. You know, he's averaging 45 yards a game. So that's, so this prop is actually just over his average, which I don't love, but in his last five, he's averaging 68.2 rushing yards a game. And on top of that, Allen has shown a propensity to run in the playoffs last year, his rushing, um, his, his rushing uh, yardage totals last year in the three games that they played was 54, three and 88. And that three yard rushing game that was against the Ravens when Lamar Jackson got hurt and he really didn't have to rush last year. They played in one playoff game, excuse me, the year before the bills played in one playoff game and Josh Allen ran for 92 rushing, 92 rushing yards. He had 64 the last time out against New England. We're both in agreement here. We're both going to hammer Josh Allen, the over on rushing. I got one more for you. Devin Singletary has really taken control of this backfield for the Bills over the last few weeks. Uh, I was looking at a few different props for him. I'm settling in on his receiving yards prop. He's got 13 and a half uh, on FanDuel, I believe, and 14 and a half on DraftKings. The last time these two teams played, Singletary had 39 receiving yards. He's averaging over 22 receiving yards a game. So give me the over on Devin Singletary, 13 and a half receiving yards, the over on Josh Allen rushing 47 and a half. And I'm going to go the other way on the game. Give me the bills minus the four and a half. All right. Well, we've gone uh, the other way on both games on Saturday. And as we head out of Saturday, we head into Sunday early afternoon game. John, you have the honors. This is your team in the playoffs against Tampa Bay, the Philadelphia Eagles. Talk to me. Where do you think we are on this game right now? The line is uh, the Buccaneers laying eight. Let me start off by saying that I'm pumped that the Eagles have made the playoffs earlier in the year when they were two and five. I never saw this coming. I'm very happy to see that the, the the players have stuck with coach Nick Sirianni. They haven't tuned him out. They've continued to play hard, uh, won a bunch of games down the stretch, won four in a row to clinch the playoff spot. I throw out the last game of the year. They got destroyed by the by Dallas last week, but the Eagles were playing their second and third stringers. Almost none of the starters played in that game. Uh, so I like where the Eagles are headed. Uh, the last time these two teams played, it was back in week six. The Bucks won 28-22. Um, very different scenario, though. The Eagles at the time, no Dallas Goddard in that game, no Lane Johnson, which is huge, huge for the Eagles. The, the Bucks had no Gronkowski either, so that evens it out a little bit. Fast, for, fast forward to today, um, 
Tom Brady is going to be without, of course, Chris Godwin. And as we all know, he's going to be without AB. Uh, they're both, um, AB is gone from the team and Godwin is out uh, with his bad knee injury. Um, I don't think that hurts the Buccaneers as much as it sounds like, you know, Chris Godwin, a former leading receiver in the league, losing him and AB, one of the best receivers of all time, because Tom Brady just figures out a way, man. He's still got Mike Evans. He's still got Gronk. And in, you know, the last, you know, month or two, we've seen him throw like game winning touchdowns to Brashad Perriman and surreal Grayson had to check that one out. Um, <clears throat> the Bucks only one in four against the spread against playoff teams that's from vegasinsider.com nine and eight against the spread overall the eagles eight eight and one against the spread overall so both teams both of these teams are about even money when you're talking about the spreads um the injuries i think even out quite a bit here um the eagles are uh, coming in rested so I think that's a great thing. I think uh, Jalen Hurts' ankle will have had another week to heal. I think that was a very smart move. Uh, so the Bucks coming in at 13-4, and four, Eagles at 9-8. and eight. Which way do I go here? The point spread has been anywhere from 8. I saw it as high as 9.5 a day or two ago. And pretty much the whole time I said, you know what? With the Bucks as good as they are, Tom Brady – the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I don't know if you heard, you heard this. I mean, first of all, it still amazes me. The guy's four, four, almost 45 years old and might be the best player in football right now. They asked him at a press conference, I think it was this week, uh, about retirement. And his, his response was something to the effect of, why would I stop now? I have all the answers. So, you know, it's like Ray Didinger said, it's like having an exam, but you you have the answer key with you. He's seen every defense. There's nothing that Jonathan and Gannon and the Eagles are going to do from a defensive perspective, which is going to confuse him or, or fluster him. I don't think the Eagles have the pass rush to get to Brady. I think that's the way you beat Brady is you have a pass rush that gets to him. Josh Sweat, young defensive end for the Eagles, who signed a big extension at the beginning of the year, had a slow start, has really come on the last couple of months, but he's actually questionable with an abdominal problem. They haven't actually said this, but my guess is that he probably caught that stomach flu that's been going around, and I've seen that put people out for like a week, so I don't think he's going to be at full strength. I think that means the Bucks win. Uh, I think the bet here is you take the Bucks and you lay the eight. It's only one score when it comes down to it. When it got up to nine and a half, I was starting to convince myself that the Eagles could keep it close enough uh, to potentially cover the spread. I mean, listen, the Eagles could win this game. There are ways I could see that happening. I just don't think that's the bet. I mean, even if you're thinking about that week six game between these two teams, the Buccaneers won 28-22, but it only got that close because the Eagles had a late touchdown got the two-point conversion to cut it to 28-22. And the Buccaneers could have scored one more time if they had wanted to. I think they went like on a 12-play drive to kill the clock. And Tom Brady just sat on the ball at the Eagles' 20 or 15-yard line or something like that. So it wasn't quite as close as that score would indicate. Um, give me the Bucks here. I'm not actually going to bet it because I'm not going to bet against my own team. But the bet here is take the Bucks, lay the eight, at home, the same place where they won the Super Bowl last year, I think the Bucks come in and match up pretty well against the Eagles. Again, the, the Eagles' biggest um, – the biggest reason why they've been able to turn the season around is they turn to the running game. They're the number one rushing team in the league, but the Bucks have the number three rushing defense in the league, so it's strength against strength. So give me the Bucks. I'll lay the eight. Man, I got a bunch of props I need to run through real quick. Um, the funny thing is both of these teams play a some, somewhat similar uh, zone two, zone three um, uh, cover defense where both defenses like to kind of keep everything in front of them. What does that mean? I think for the, for the, for the props I'm looking at, I'm looking a lot at the tight ends, man, because you're going to see a lot of intermediate stuff. Um, the Buccaneers also blitz at the second highest rate in the league. That's going to affect a couple of props I'm going to take. The first one's going to be Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard has really taken over as the lead tight end for the Eagles since Zacherts was traded to the Cardinals. His prop on FanDuel is 53 and a half receiving yards. A little high, but still under his average. He's averaging 55 yards a game. Also, I like Quez Watkins, who I think has really shown a lot of improvement this year. Um, I think uh, Jalen Hurts is developing a little bit of trust with him. I like his reception prop. It's only two and a half on FanDuel plus odds 
plus 116. So you need Quez Watkins to get three catches in the game to hit at plus 116. Love that. He had th- exactly three catches the last time out against the Buccaneers. He's been coming on recently in recent weeks. And because the Bucks keep stuff in front of them and then blitz on top of that, I could see Jalen Hurts trying to get rid of the ball early and also Nick Sirianni dialing up and designing some of those bubble screens, things like that designed to go to Quez Watkins. So give me Quez three catches. Uh, I wanted some more tight ends. So I looked on the Tampa Bay side, Cameron Brait. I wanted to take his receptions. It's only one and a half, but the juice is horrendous. I think it was like minus 180 on one of the sites, minus 170 on the other. No, thanks. I'll take uh, Cameron Brait. 14 and a half receiving yards. He had a big game against the Eagles last time out on DraftKings. That's only minus 115. Give me also Brashad Perriman, not Mike Evans. Brashad Perriman, 36 and a half receiving yards. Like I said before, Chris Godwin is out. Antonio Brown is off the team. And Mike Evans is going to be matched up with Darius Slay, who, although he didn't make the all-pro team, which is ridiculous, has been one of the best cornerbacks in the leagues this year. Perriman's averaging almost 48 yards receiving uh, in his last three since the, the Buccaneers have had to look to other receivers. So give me Perriman, Perriman with the 36 and a half receiving yards. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. You know we can't go through an Eagles game without talking about Jalen Hurts's rushing prop. I think Hertz is going to take off in this game multiple times. There is no tomorrow. So I think he's taken off a lot. I love his attempts prop. It's only eight and a half, eight and a half attempts. And you hit it. He's averaging 9.3 attempts. I really, really love that one. His rushing yards. I don't love as much, but I think I'm still going to take it. The last time I checked at DraftKings, you can still get it under 50, 49 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. He's averaging over 52.3 rushing yards a game and he's hit the over on this number eight times already he's had another week to rest that ankle he started rushing more um as the the ankle got better and better over the last few weeks with a week of rest i think he'll rush even more today have more success and because you know you're going to get that blitz from the, the blitz packages from the bucks a lot I think Hertz will get flushed out of the pocket more than a few times. And I think he hits the rushing prop as well. Last one I got promised the last prop of the game, Tom Brady over one half rushing yards. So all he needs is one rushing yard to hit this prop. Believe it or not, Brady's averaging five yards a game rushing. And I could definitely see the Buccaneers um, using Tom Brady. He's one of the best quarterback sneak artists of all time. So either at the goal line or on a fourth and one, you know, and as long as he doesn't have to sit on the ball a few times at the end of the game, you can hit this prop. So that's the way I'm going. Unfortunately, I think the way to go here is you take the bucks, you lay the eight. I like Dallas Goddard receiving yards, Cameron Brait receiving yards, Quez Watkins over two and a half catches, Rashad Perriman over 36 and a half receiving yards, Jalen Hurts over on rushing attempts and rushing yards. And the last one I got is Tom Brady over one half rushing yards. I feel good about all those props and I hope I'm wrong about the game overall, but I, I think that's the bet. My guess is you probably agree. Wow. I mean, you really unpacked that game. I'll tell you which way I'm going to go in a second, but I just want to kind of give you my thoughts from both sides of the ball. Tom Brady, I mean, he's like the immortal Tom Brady. He led the NFL with 5,316 passing yards, 43 touchdowns, um, 485 completions. I mean, it's just, his stats are just mind-boggling. The one thing in this game is that Tom Brady is going to have a lot of time back there in the pocket because the Eagles are the least blitzing team in the NFL. They only blitz 19% of the time. So he should have a lot of time in the pocket. And then, which seems to be one of his main go-to guys this year is Leonard Fournette. Now I know he's a game time decision. He's got a hamstring injury, but all signs indicate that he's going to go. He had 69 receptions this year. He had over 1200 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns. And in seven career playoff games, he's got 734 yards from scrimmage, eight touchdowns, and a touchdown in six straight playoff games. So if he plays, which I think he will, I think he's going to have he's a big game. He's going to be very involved in the offense. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Eagles, once they decided to become a running team, 
They had five players with over 290 rushing yards or more this season. They had a complete total of 2,715 rushing yards. And Jalen Hurts, of those 2,700 rushing yards, had 784 rushing yards, 139 attempts, and 10 touchdowns on the ground. Um, Sanders was second on the team with 754 rushing yards. Um, he's questionable with a hand, in, hand injury, but I think he's going to play. So I'm not really concerned about that. Now, the Buccaneers have the third uh, best rushing defense. And for most of the season, they had the top rushing defense. And why are they third? Because in the last two games, in their last two games, they've given up over 100 rushing yards on the ground. Now, from a betting perspective, the Eagles are 10-1 and one against the spread in the postseason as an underdog since 2001, and 6-5 and five outright as an underdog in those 11 games. They've covered five out of their last six playoff games. So you know where I'm going with this. I'm going, I'm taking the other side. I'm taking the Eagles. The Eagles, I'm going to uh, take those eight points, and uh, I think this game's going to be a close game. I think the Eagles are going to play loose. They're going to play fast. They're going to run the ball, and uh, I think they're going to keep it close. I don't think they're going to win, unfortunately, but I do think they're going to keep it within a touchdown. Uh, I like the props that you gave. I was, I was looking at Dallas Goddard for sure. I mean, he's, he's covered almost every single game this season that we've taken him, and as well as Jalen Hurts, and I love that rushing attempt prop. My two props, Miles Sanders, it's a very modest rushing total on DraftKings, 42 and a half rushing yards. Uh, juice is a little bit more than usual. It's minus 120 on DraftKings, but it's over 42 and a half rushing yards is what I'm taking with Miles Sanders. And last, my second prop, as I alluded to before, I believe he's going to play Leonard Fournette. He seems to be the outlet for Tom Brady out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm looking at his rushing and receiving prop, 95 and a half rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm going to take the over with Leonard Fournette on that prop so once again three games in and we're but all both of us are going the other way on all three games so john any last thoughts on on eagles bucks i mean you tore it up analyzing this game <laughs> yeah hey listen i hope i had all my props and that you're right <laughs> and the eagles uh, keep it closer and who knows maybe they get a miracle win i did have you know i, I promised I, i'm a big liar i'm a big fat liar i promised that that was my last prop that i gave you i got one more for you the eagles not great against tight ends this year really not great at all uh, as a matter of fact they've given up more touchdowns to the tight end position than any other team in the league the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a guy you may have heard of, the greatest tight end of all time, perhaps, Rob Gronkowski, who comes through in big games. And I think I've got this right. I might have the number of games wrong. I'll double check this. But I think that, Tom, uh, that Gronkowski scored in five games, I think. Um, and in every single game that he scored, he scored twice. So I'm taking Rob Gronkowski two-plus touchdowns to score two or more. You can get it at plus 700 on FanDuel. It's only plus 500 on DraftKings. So I'm taking it on FanDuel. Uh, plus 700, two plus touchdown. Wow. All right. That's, that's an interesting prop. Um, and if that's true that he's scored two touchdowns in uh, the games in which he scored, then yeah. I mean, with those odds, something to consider for sure. All right. We move into the fourth game of the playoff slate. And to me, this is the hardest game for me to, to, to take. Uh, it's 49ers heading into Dallas, to take on the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers barely got into the playoffs. They came back and won in overtime against the Rams in the, uh, the last week of the season. The line right now is the Cowboys are laying three over under is 51. Um, some interesting betting stats here. The Cowboys are five and one against the spread their last six as favorites. And but the 49ers, on the other hand, are 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games in January. So where do we go with this game? Well, the Niners have won seven of their last game, seven of their last nine games, scoring 30 or more points in four of those nine games. Uh, last game, they were down 17 to nothing against the Rams before they came back to beat the Rams in overtime. They had 449 total yards on offense, Jimmy G, 23 completions out of 32 attempts for 316 yards and a touchdown, even though he had an issue with his hand. 
Uh, two minutes left in that game in the fourth quarter. Five play, 88-yard drive to send the game to overtime with a touchdown to Javon Jennings. I mean, just an amazing game for the 49ers to get into the playoffs. But we look on the other side of the ball, and Dak Prescott was seventh in the league in passing, 4,449 total yards passing, uh, fourth in touchdowns with 37, ninth in QBR, 54.9. Last game, he was 21 for 27, 295 yards, and five touchdowns against John's Eagles. The two top receivers for the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I mean, CeeDee Lamb has just been, you know, just outstanding. 79 receptions, over 1,100 yards receiving. Amari Cooper, year after year, I mean, 68 receptions, 865 yards. But, and here's a big but, news is he may have violated COVID protocol at a basketball game and may not play, although I'm going to venture to guess that he probably will. So Dallas is 10 and three against the spread when favorites this season, which is the best in the league, six and three against the spread against teams with a winning record, which the 49ers have. So where am I going with this game? The line's three, Dallas is at home. I think the party's over for the 49ers. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm going to lay the three points and go with Dallas. Uh, two props one player, and that is the do-it-all Debo Samuel. I'm taking Debo over 64 and a half receiving yards. Um, it's minus 115 on DraftKings and Debo over four and a half receptions plus odds, plus 105 on DraftKings. So those are my two props in this game. I like the Cowboys laying the three and the two Debo Samuel props over receiving yards, over receptions. John, what do you think about this game? Well, I agree that this is a tough, um, tough game to figure. I think Vegas did a great job with the point spread here because I hate that three points, man. I want that. I want that. I want it to go up to three and a half and maybe it will between today and tomorrow. Um, you pretty much hit everything. I think the Niners are coming in hot. I like where they're at right now. They've won four. They're out of their last five and seven out of their last nine. They're six and three on the road this year this year so they've shown a propensity to win on the road they're not worried about that one thing i am a little bit worried about uh linebacker aziz al shahir is questionable may not play in the game um that would hurt the niners but overall i think the niners are the better team on the offensive and defensive lines so when you come to the trenches which is where i think you know it really becomes important in the playoffs specifically um I think the Niners have the edge there and I really want to take the Niners because of it. The Niners have the number seven rushing offense on the year. Dallas has the number 16 rushing defense on the year. Why do I bring that up? Because the Niners love to run the ball. And I think that's what they'll try to do here. I think Kyle Shanahan will want to run the ball uh, to keep the ball away from Dak Prescott, away from CeeDee Lamb, away from all these guys. I think Amari Cooper will play, by the way. I think I read somewhere that he potentially could have a fine here, uh, but um, I didn't see anything about his suspension. So uh, I think the, the, the Cowboys will have their full complement of players. I think Pollard's supposed to be back too. Um, but I think the Niners can run on Dallas. You know, Michael Parsons has been a revelation as far as a rookie defender goes. But even with Parsons, Dallas is only middle of the road as far as their rushing defense. Another thing that's important, the San Francisco rushing offense has been much better than their average in their last three. The Dallas rushing defense has been much worse than its average in its last three. So I'm going to go the other way again and take the San Francisco 49ers and the three points. Maybe it's a close game here. Um you know, 28, 26 somehow, or 30 to 28 or something like that. Um, or, you know, 20 to 18. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is a little bit of my anti-Cowboy bias here coming through, but I really do think the Niners match up well with the Cowboys. Jimmy G makes me a little bit nervous, but he's played well recently, despite the, he's overcome that injury. So I'm going to take San Francisco, give me the field goal. I might hold out for a little bit, hoping I get that, you know, that little hook the uh, half a point in there, but, but if it really comes down to it, I'll take San Francisco. Give me the points on the road. I'm also going to take the Niners to win outright money line. I think the Niners win outright. Um, and I have one prop, uh, but it's the same guy you were talking about Debo Samuel. 
uh, you know, when we were going over the Niners Rams game last week, and it was a game that the Niners had to have, uh, I said, I gave a lot of thought to uh, Debo Samuel playing a big role, because if you're the Niners, what do you do? You, um, you rely on your very best player. That's Debo Samuel. My prop of the week last week was Debo Samuel over 21 and a half rushing yards. He nailed that. This week, his rushing prop is up near 30 yards, is up near 30 yards, I believe. So instead of going rushing, I'm going to go combo. Uh, Debo Samuel averaging 100, over 110, almost 100 and 111 combined yards a game. He's got 112 yards combined in his last five. And if you go to FanDuel, you can get his combo rushing and receiving yards for only 96 and a half. Um, I love that. I take the Debo combo. Dallas gives up yardage. They're 19th overall as far as total yards a game uh, given up by a defense. So I think Debo is going to chomp, chomp, chomp a, a bunch of those yards. So I'm going full Niners here. Niners, give me the field goal points and give me Debo uh, combo rushing and receiving. Yeah, I mean, four for four here. Four, uh, four games, we're going the other way on all four games. Maybe we may have a consensus on one of these last two or maybe the last two games. So we head into the late, uh, the late game on Sunday, which is Steelers going in to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The line has changed somewhat. I saw it at 12 and a half. It's now down to 12 on DraftKings. I don't know where it is on FanDuel, um, but there's been a lot of talk by Ben Roethlisberger about how they don't even belong there. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. They are the, the 14th worst, the 14th ranked team in the playoffs out of 14. So, John, give me your analysis on Steelers at Chiefs. Where do you fall on this one? All right. I, one more quick note, too, on San Francisco-Dallas. Uh, I mentioned before I expect San Francisco to run the ball a lot. Elijah Mitchell's several weeks back from injury and Kyle Shanahan has shown that he will give the ball to Elijah Mitchell early and often. So I like rushing attempts, FanDuel and DraftKings. Elijah Mitchell's attempts are at 19 and a half. He's been over this in his last one, two, three, four, five games. He had 21, 21, 22, 27 and 27 attempts. So I like over attempts for Elijah Mitchell as well. Moving on to the chiefs and Steelers. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, they're, they're not looking forward to this game. I mean, look at the line. The Steelers come in at nine and seven, Kansas City, 12 and a half, uh, 12 and five. And Chiefs are at home at Arrowhead, favored by 12 and a half points, the largest point spread on the weekend. Um, and you've got, you know what you have. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, a defense with the Honey Badger that's played well in the second half of the year. Um, the Chiefs have really turned it around after a, a miserable start to the season and have really crushed it over the second half of the year. Their only really big loss was uh, coming um, at uh, Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, the Steelers, who somehow made it into the playoffs when it didn't look like that was even possible, came away with a win against Baltimore last week. But, I mean, anybody that watched has watched the Steelers recently – uh, ben Roethlisberger can barely even play. He can barely throw the ball anymore. He looks horrendous. The Steelers have really been relying a lot on Najee Harris, the rookie running back, who has come through for them and has had a really great rookie year with a lot of work. Uh, TJ Watt, of course, is a one-man wrecking crew. Um, uh, he tied the record for most sacks in a season, tied Michael Strahan. I don't know that I see the Kansas city chiefs really blowing the Steelers out here. This is a huge point spread in a playoff game. I would almost never be comfortable giving double digit points in a situation like this. Uh, I've seen the chiefs um, lose to teams. They shouldn't have too much this year. And I just don't think they're quite the same team. Tyreek Hill has a nagging ankle issue, which I think might take away some of that big play capability. Um, so I think the Chiefs win the game. I think they could win by two scores. But I think the bet here is you take the Steelers and the points. 12 and a half is way too big of a line to lay to me. I think the Steelers find a way to keep it close. And even though Roethlisberger, um, you know, I mentioned before that he, he is just a shell of his former self. I think there's just enough talent around him where they can come, come away with a few scores here. Maybe TJ Watt makes a couple of big plays. Um, and the... 
Steelers are able to keep it within 12 and a half points. Again, remember the Steelers led the league as far as sacks go with 55. So I think the Steelers will be able to put some pressure on Mahomes, maybe have him make a couple of mistakes because he really um, has thrown a lot more interceptions so far this year. Um, on top of that, Kansas City is throwing less and running more. Uh, and that is a direct result of the defenses that were played against Kansas City throughout the year. You know, teams were staying back against Kansas City, keeping everything in front of them uh, and not allowing the Chiefs to have those big plays, forcing the Chiefs to kind of matriculate down the field and seeing if Mahomes and Reed would have that um, patience. For a while, they really weren't. In recent weeks, they are. They're throwing less, running more to sort of take advantage of the looser defenses up front. They could do that here again. I think that might actually have the effect of keeping the score down, which makes it more likely that the Steelers could cover a big point spread like 12 and a half. Uh, I got one prop for you as well. Again, it's an, it's a, a, another quarterback rushing prop. I mentioned before that the Steelers led the league in quarterback sacks. TJ Watt is maybe the defensive player in the, of the year this year. Um, so with pressure on Mahomes and thinking that he takes off early and often, he likes to take off in the playoffs anyway. He's averaging over 22 yards a game rushing. The prop is only 17 and a half rushing yards, and he's hit that in four out of his last five games. So taking everything into account, uh, I think the Chiefs do win the game. You know, maybe they win something like, um, you know, 30 to 20 or 27-17, something like that. Um, so the, the Chiefs win double digit points, but the Steelers keep it close enough, maybe get a garbage time score to get a backdoor cover on that 12 and a half. And then give me the Patrick Mahomes over 17 and a half. Well, let's see where I'm going to go with this game. I mean, they played each other in week 16 and the Chiefs blew out the Steelers 36 to 10. Uh, last week, Najee Harris, the Steelers leading rusher, got hurt. He has an elbow injury. Um, he's probably going to play, I assume but you don't know how that's going to affect him in this game. Steelers do have a solid receiving core with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, their tight end, Pat Freermuth, who's just come out of nowhere, had a great game last week. And I think Juju Smith is going to be returning this week for the Steelers. But on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs defense has been playing really well with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, along with Melvin Ingram. And of course, in the secondary, as you mentioned before, Tyron, the honey badger, Matthew back there. Uh, turnovers, are, turnovers are a key. They gave up three turnovers uh, to the Chiefs in the first meeting and they forced the zero. Uh, the Steelers did. Um, Steelers need to stop the Chiefs on third down, which they had a real hard time doing in the first meeting. Um, but Pittsburgh did lead the NFL in sacks, as you alluded to, and TJ Watt did in fact tie uh, Michael Strahan's 22 and a half sack record. Um, but they need to do better on the rush because the last time they gave up 258 rushing yards along with three touchdowns against the Chiefs. Now, here's how I look at this game. And this is what I think made me go the way that I'm going to go, uh, which I'll tell you in a second. In two games versus Steelers, Pat Mahomes has nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. And the Steelers have lost their last three playoff games, giving up an average of 43 points per game with the electric offense of the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to lay the 12 points. I know as you've listened to this podcast in the past, I do not like laying double digit points, but I just see the party over for the Steelers this week. And I think they're going to get blown out by Kansas City. So I'm going to lay the 12 points. I'm going the other way, John. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going to lay the points. I got two props for you. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big game in the passing game. I know that they've been rushing the ball lately uh, more than than usual, but I'm going to take the over 278 and a half passing yards with Patrick Mahomes minus 115 on DraftKings, and then two old favorites, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to be involved. He's been sort of like out of the offense the last couple of weeks, but I think he's going to have a big game this week. I like his receiving prop over 67 and a half receiving yards minus 115 on DraftKings, and I'm going to pay the extra juice on the receptions over five and a half minus 140 on DraftKings. So I'm taking the Chiefs lay in the 12, Patrick Mahomes over passing yards, Kelsey over receiving yards, and Kelsey over receptions. Any last thoughts, John, before we move on to the final game of the super wildcard slate? Listen, we're going the other way again. Listen, in every single game, one of us is going to be right. 
That's right. So that's good. So we're batting. We're, we're batting. We're going to be batting exactly fifty percent, batting five hundred. Absolutely, a lot of money in baseball. All right, last game, Monday night. First time a Monday night football playoff game. Arizona Cardinals heading into Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Rams for the third time this season. It's a rubber match with both teams winning on the road. Um, the Rams last week lost to the 49ers in overtime, but coming into that game, they had won five straight. The Cardinals, on the other hand, have lost four out of their last five games with a 38 to 30 loss to Seattle in the last game of the season. Uh, a couple of betting stats here. Cardinals are 13, three and two against the spread as, ro as road dogs in their last 18 games on the road as, um, as underdogs. The Rams, on the other hand, are 11-9-1 against the spread as home favorites. Right now, the line is the Rams giving four points with an over-under of 49.5, unless that's changed. No, it's still the same, 49.5 right now is the total. Um, the Rams are 15-9-1 against the spread following a loss under the helm of Sean McVay. The last time these two teams played, uh, Matthew Stafford hooked up with Cooper Cup for 13 receptions and 123 receiving yards. Stafford finished third in the NFL with 4,886 passing yards, and Cooper Cup was the number one receiver in the league with nearly 2,000 receiving yards, 1,947 receiving yards. The Rams' defense third in the league in sacks with 50. Aaron Donald led the team with 12 and a half, and Floyd had nine and a half. Um, this is a really tough game for me to pick because the, Car the Cardinals are 6-0 against the spread as underdogs this season, 8-1 against the spread on the road, and they're on the road this week, and they have a plus 12 in turnover differential. Um, it's four points. You know, I think all things considered, given that the, uh, the Rams usually play well coming off of a loss, I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I'm going to lay the four points. Uh, and that's where I'm going with this game. As far as props are concerned, you know, I didn't really see anything that really stuck out for me. Um, but John, why don't you tell me your thoughts on this game and any props you might have? And I'm going to double back to the apps to see if there's any props that might jump out at me uh, as you're analyzing this game. Yeah, I, I found this, this game difficult too. These two teams are obviously evenly matched here. Uh, I saw the same... Um, numbers that you did cards eight and one straight up and against the spread on the road they're not afraid of, of, of playing on the road we saw them just two weeks ago go into dallas and get a really big win uh on the road these two teams of course you know both in the nfc west played each other this year and both teams each won on the road cards won 37 to 20 back in october uh rams came away with the win uh 30 to 23 in arizona just a couple of weeks ago um but you know, Matt Stafford, who got off to a great start to the year, um, ended the year uh, a little less so, throwing a lot more uh, interceptions, uh, definitely coming back to earth there. Um, but, you know, I think when just you, all things considered here with the Rams, you know, at home, even though that hasn't mattered between these two teams, I think it's a bit of an advantage here, but not huge. Uh, the Rams have been there a few times. This is really the Cardinals' first foray into the playoffs with this Cliff Kingsbury Kyler Murray team James Connor still banged up I think he's going to play but he's still but he's still banged up here and the Rams you know I think they're a more complete team um, when you take the talent that they have on offense with Stafford at quarterback even though he's prone to mistakes at times he can get the ball down the field Odell Beckham is, is coming on for the for the Rams and Cooper Cup just had one of the greatest receiving seasons in history so I go Rams here I think it's very close, but I'll take the Rams on Fanduel. You can get a half a point here, and it's Rams minus three and a half over there. So I take uh, the Rams. I give the points. Uh, the props that I like. Uh, number one, I think Cooper Cup is this year's Travis Kelsey. Last year, you take Travis Kelsey, no matter what the receiving prop is. Cooper Cup's props are insane right now. Uh, I think on DraftKings, his receiving prop. Uh, was 106 and a half, but over on uh, Fanduel, I think it was, it was 103. Yep, 103 and a half at minus 110. 
I'm taking the 103. Give me Cooper Cup. I think he gets fed the ball. Uh, like you said, he had 123 receiving yards the last time out between these two teams. Uh, he had 118 yards receiving last week. I think he beats this 103 and a half. I think Stafford leans on his best buddy, his best friend, uh, Cooper Cup, in this game. So I like Cooper Cup to go over the 103 and a half. I also like Kyler Murray. You know, one of the biggest facets of Kyler's game is rushing. This will be his first playoff game. So I expect him to try to put the team on his back, his little tiny little back right there, uh, and, and try to, to, to win this game on his own. His rushing attempts prop, attempts now, is six and a half on both of the major sites, FanDuel and DraftKings. I'm taking that. I think it's minus 105. I love the over on six and a half um, attempts. Uh, in two games uh, against Los Angeles, Los Angeles this year, excuse me, he had six carries and seven carries, so right on that number. But again, playoff game, I expect him to take off. Uh, you mentioned that the Rams had one of the best pass rushes in the league, I think third in sacks this year. Again, that pass rush gets to Kyler, flushes him out. I think there'll be designed runs on top of it, so I think he hits that prop. So give me the Rams. I'll lay the three and a half. Give me... Kyler Murray over on attempts, six and a half. And yep, go ahead and give me Cooper Cup, 103 and a half receiving yards. Never thought I would take a receiving prop that high, but I'm doing it. Yeah, so the two props actually that I do like in this game, um, I'm probably going to join you on the Kyler Murray attempts. That receiving prop for Cooper Cup, I know he's been amazing this year, but over 100 yards is too rich for me to take the over on that. But what I do like is two receivers who I've hit on this season, especially since coming over to the Rams from the Cleveland Browns, and that's Odell Beckham Jr., his receiving prop right now on DraftKings is 46 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. He's been coming on strong in recent, uh, in recent games for the Rams, so I'm going to take over 50, 46 and a half receiving yards for Beckham. And who I hit with uh, recently uh, with the Cardinals is Christian Kirk, who's now taken over basically as the number one receiver for Arizona. His prop right now on DraftKings is 52 and a half receiving yards. So give me Christian Kirk over 52 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Wow. That was a lot to unpack in these six games. And it is about to get wild. John, any last thoughts before we move into tracks of the week? No, I think, I think that's, I think that's about enough. It's a wild card weekend. We just had a wild run through of six games, a new record, I think. Um, on the, on the podcast. So I guess we probably did six last year too, but um, yeah, let's do it. Tracks of the week. All right. I'll lead it off. Um, after a week off from my trance genre, I'm going back to the well, but I'm going with a classic that just got remade in 2020. Um, the Ian Vandal classic castles in the sky remade by Marlo and on vocals, the ever so beautiful vocals of Haleen, Castles in the Sky, remade by Marlo. Vocals by Haleen, just a classic track, and Marlo just ripped it up. So that's my track of the week this week. going the other way last week you went the other way and instead of going trance like you normally do you went house this week instead of going house i'm going trance uh, i told you a little bit earlier today checking out some new music this week uh, i did grab some house songs but i checked out trance too because i do love that genre and i got one that i just have to go with it's by activa it's the sean Tyas extended remix of their track luminosity luminosity just a beautiful positive you know classic type of trance track uh that just you know captured my captured my attention i think it's a wonderful track and as we head into this crazy wild card weekend uh, i think this is a great way to do it trance on trance um you, you went the, the other way last week i'm going the other way this week but after going opposite ways on just about every game week this week at least we're both picking trance we're on the same page there 
Let's get wild. That's a great track and the extended mix, everybody, is eight minutes long. So get it if you like it and uh, yeah, trans and friends. As it should be. As it should be. All right, everybody. We just unpacked it. We just analyzed it. We just broke it down for you. It's Super Wild Card Weekend. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Everyone out there, good luck to you. And we will see you next week for the divisional round. And we'll have a guest. We'll see you next week. Have fun out there, guys. Later. Later.